welcome to another inspirational message from Liberty Church in Omaha, Nebraska. What's up, everybody? Would you like to hear a knock-knock joke? All right, you got to play along. Knock-knock. Owls. Nailed it. You're right, they do. Owls do who? Yeah. That's all I have. Let's just, everybody stand. We're going to pray. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Whoa, you all were way too eager. I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Pray for my humor and my comedy routine. It needs work. I'm going up next Friday. I'm just kidding. I'm not. But uh, man, it's good to be in the house of God. Amen. And love hanging out and uh, seeing all of your amazing faces. A lot of good smiles, encourages me. Um, This whole month we are uh, tackling the issues of mental health and uh, what that entails in our culture, uh, but also what it entails in our own personal life uh, for everybody in this room, and then even furthermore, the people that we come into contact with, right? Um, You know, we're talking about mental health. When we talk about that, we're talking about, you know, uh, all kinds of different mental health, you know dealing with fear, anxiety, stress, depression, you know, what, what that looks like, you know, dealing with suicidal thoughts. And, and in the church um, and in culture as well, many times this is one of those subjects people do not like to talk about um, because it's embarrassing or maybe because a lot of times they feel shamed, right? Um, because so often we don't treat mental illness like that, right? We, mental illness is an illness, right? And I think we have to look and understand that it is that. You know, if I, if I were up here right now and, uh, you know, if I fell off this stage and I broke my arm and it was one of those nasty breaks, you know, where the bone's like flying out, you know, somebody passes out because it's so horrific, you know, <laughs> scary. <laughs> I talked about this on Wednesday night at our youth ministry. And like four of our youth, youth leaders just fainted just thinking about it. Just kidding. That was crazy. Can you imagine that though? Like I fall, break my arm, bones flying out. Nobody would be like, Brandon, uh, calm down. Like just can you get back on stage and just act like nothing happened? Can you just put it behind you and move on with life? Like, you're overreacting, Brandon. It's just your right arm. You got another. Like, I don't think anybody seeing something that crazy would say that to me. Uh, With mental illness, though, we give those kind of remarks to people, right? You know, I'm just struggling with fear right now. We'll just get over it. You know, move on. All right, we all deal with it. We all deal with fear. Well... That's not fair to tell anybody, right? So today, if, if I can level the playing field, um, I'm going to sh- be transparent, share some things that I've struggled through in my life, but I think we all have a story, right? We all have a story to tell, which means we all deal with mental health and in different ways. We've all had bouts where we've struggled in this. Maybe it's our thought patterns. Maybe it's struggling with the fear. 
Maybe it's struggling with a, a clinical type of mental illness. But all of us in the room have to understand this, that uh, me up here on stage or anybody that's agreeing today isn't saying that mine is worse than yours, all right? Can you hear me today? Uh, we have to understand that we all struggle in different ways. And although mine may be different than yours, it doesn't mean that it's worse, just as the same as yours is not necessarily worse either. It's just different. Does that make sense to everybody? And I think we have to kind of like level the playing field because if, if we don't, what we'll do is we, we, we're really quick sometimes to dismiss certain things in people's lives, right? See, I, I love Scripture because it constantly speaks of God's compassion, love for us, his unsurmountable grace by sending his only son to save us, right? And it continually speaks of a compassion for even the most minute things in our life, right? It even speaks in scripture about sparrows, right? That like God cares about you. He cares about the sparrows. If he cares about sparrows, he cares about you way more, right? Crazy to think about. So if you're in the room today and you're like, hey, you know, my... My struggle, it's just so small, God probably doesn't care. I would like to remind you today, God cares more than you know. And we, as Christians, have to care for other people, reach and move towards that in the same way, right? And so, as we, as we continue on this series, this isn't just to help us, but it will help us, amen? But it's also to empower us to help others, Right? To start the hard conversations of asking somebody, are you okay? And not saying it just to be polite, right? You ever done that before? Just me. I'm the only bad person in here, I guess. You go to somebody, right, and you're just like, you're in your day. Like, I'm, I'm moving through my day. I've got a lot to do. Hey, how's it going? Okay, bye. Like, you don't even give them a chance to respond, right? But to say, hey, are you okay? You know, like, Really? Are you okay? To care about somebody enough to say, hey, you want to go to coffee? Sit down and have coffee and, hey, are you okay? Like, I know you. I know you enough to know that things just haven't seemed quite right lately. Would you like someone to talk about it with? Well, no, I, I really don't. Are you sure? How many of us know that we put up walls, which means other people will put up walls? <laughs> Got to care enough to dig deep sometimes with people and have a, an amount of compassion where our heart breaks for people. Amen? Amen. 60 million Americans this year, right now, currently, are dealing with and living with mental health issues. Isn't that crazy? 60 million. 40,000 people will commit suicide this year. Another million will attempt, but not succeed. Isn't that nuts? That's like crazy. It's crazy to hear the numbers, but when you think about culture and, and people that we talk to, it's not necessarily that surprising, right? Because we know people are hurting, right? Suicide has become the biggest killer between the ages of 15 and 34. Biggest killer in America. Nothing that comes close to it. It's a problem that needs to be able to come to the light because problems like these left in the dark, the darkness will not heal them, 
right? Like you leave them there, you ignore them, you can ignore it for a while, but the reality is nothing will change if we choose to let it be in the darkness, right? We have to be willing as a church, as Christians, to help bring these things to light, to help people, right? To help people, not to shame people. I said not to shame people, not, hey, let's talk so I can feel better about myself, that I have it, it more all together than this person. Something I always love to hear from a great friend of mine, a lot of you know him, Pastor Mark. He always said, you know, I'm just another beggar showing another beggar where the food's at, right? I love that because it, it equals the playing field, right? There's nothing, like the, the moment that we think like we've got it more all together than the person next to us is more when we start to lose sight of God in our life, right? Because the relationship with God demands faith and reliance on him, amen? Today, we're gonna really focus on thoughts, on our thought patterns, and, and, and what a thought and the power of a thought, what that looks like in our life. Would you pray with me today? Lord, we come to you today. We just open up our hearts to you. We, we just ask that you would speak to us, that you would you know, change us and rearrange us in a, in a way that doesn't contradict who you are. We pray that you would help us uh, align more with you and your word and, and what your Holy Spirit is leading us to do. We just thank you for this opportunity today. If you agree with that, say amen today. Third John 2 speaks of the reality that our soul, our mind, and our body are intricately connected, right? Um, that they directly influence the other. Um, that there's that connection between our soul and our mind, our mind and our body, our body and our soul, that if our mind is affected by something, it will affect our soul. It will affect our body. Like, for example, um, have you ever seen a movie before in this room? Four, five people, six, seven people have seen a movie. That is weird. I really thought there'd be more. How many of you have seen a movie before? Yes. Yes. All right. We're getting there, right? It's morning, I get it. Like, I'm a, I'm a weird morning person. Me and Miss Connie were talking about that this, this this morning, that we were morning people. And man, and we, we realized we got to, you get two morning people together, and it's, it's just crazy. And the non-morning people are like, I, uh, hmm. they can't even speak because what would come out of their mouth, praise the Lord, they need to get saved again. But um, what was I talking about? Movies. <laughs> movies. You ever seen a movie? You're watching a movie and you just start crying? How many of you cried at a movie? I've cried at a movie. Remember Denzel watched here, Remember the Titans? I was like, why are you always going to say that, Denzel? Every time I watch that movie, I'm like, it's a football movie. I'm like, you know, like how many of you go into a movie and you don't expect, like, especially a cartoon, right? You go watch a cartoon, you're like, why am I crying? It's a cartoon. Dear Lord, I am laughing at two animated figures talking about something. Why am I crying at this? It's weird, right? Like, but we know that it's not real. Like, a movie's not real. If you didn't know that, now you know it. All right. But movies, they're not real, but they still invoke emotion 
Or have you ever been watching a movie and your heart rate like goes up, right? If you've ever watched a scary movie, whew, I can't do that kind of stuff. It'll like ruin my, man, I just get like, I can't do that stuff. It scares me so much. But if you do, you know, good for you. You know what I'm talking about. Or you're watching like an action movie, you know, and something goes, you just get like pumped up, you know. Like all of a sudden, you're like watching Avengers. You're like, I could, I could take on the world. I could do that. I will do that. And what, where did that come from, right? And it's weird. It's not even real. Like we know it's not real, right? But our mind starts to believe that it's real. And it's interesting. Like our body and our soul, they begin to follow. Like it's the craziest thing. Because our, our mind, the things that our mind perceives as real, begins to affect our whole life. You ever notice that? Like in a movie, we can see it in a condensed version, right? But if we were to zoom out in our life, I wonder where that would be true in our own lives, right? It's hard at times to separate what we think we see and what's really there, right? Ever had that happen before? You think something's there? What was that, right? Like, I don't know, I, I came out of our bedroom a few nights ago, and my wife, Charity, she had, like, her purse up on a chair, and then there was a coat, and, you know, like, you just, I thought it was a person sitting there. <laughs> my body does weird things in my home when I think there's a person that shouldn't be there, right? I'm, like, walking up. Okay, I was a little exaggerated, but you get the idea going to like fight mode, like, whoa, who's about to get their head ripped off? Okay, I was a little graphic, I'm sorry, but you know, like, I get real, like, it's weird, and then I got like, I, you do like, like, oh, it's just a purse and a coat, okay, well, that's embarrassing, uh, ever had that happen? But it's weird, because I think that I see something, and because my mind perceives it as something, my body instantly, like, reacts to it, right? In our, our life, we see that in a different kind of way. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians 10. 3 through 6, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. We'll, we'll throw it up on the screens for you. Lucas, could you bring me that bottle of water right there? Sorry, I have to hydrate. It's, wow, look at Give it up for, okay, that's weird, but thank you. Give it up for Lucas for being willing to give me water. That's so great. What a stud. What a little stud muffin. Wow. Second, sorry, it's, it's going to get weird today, probably. It's okay. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, now flesh is, we could fill in a lot of different blanks, okay? Though we live uh, by our own lives, though we live sometimes by our mental capacity, though we live by sometimes our fear, right? Our anxiety, right? Our stress, our pressures, you could fill in the blanks. Though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Oh, I like that. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. And we read here, that the way that a stronghold, if we kind of like reverse this from it, we understand that a stronghold, the way a stronghold is built is it starts with a thought, 
right? We, we destroy arguments. We destroy these strongholds and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every, what? Thought captive. So we learn here that strongholds in our life, they start with a thought. Hey, it's incredible. All fear in our life starts with a thought. Now, maybe you've heard this before, but we're only born with two innate fears, the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. But there are over 2,000 diagnosed fears. And all of those fears start with a thought, one thought. Years later, there's a lot of thoughts, right, that have turned that fear into a stronghold. I know I have struggled with fears that have held me down, right? When we speak of a stronghold, that's what we're talking about. It holds you in a place where you can't move from, right? You ever had a fear like that? Like we've all had fears like that. They, they take you in a place and they hold you down, stop you from doing things that maybe even you want to do. Like, have you ever struggled with one of those moments? I want to do it, but I just can't. And we say things like that. Like, I want to do it, but I just can't get past my fear. Right? I just can't get past this thought of if, right? Because fear, starting with the thought, creates strongholds in our life. It's crazy. Those thoughts, they even turn into these contradictions in our life. And those contradictions, if we're not careful, are placed higher than God, right? Have you ever noticed how you do that? Uh, I'll just talk about myself. I've noticed how I do that. I, I think a thought. If I'm not careful, if I don't take that thought captive, it grows, right? And it's interesting because those thoughts that contradict God, they begin to become higher and that thought becomes higher than the voice of God in my life. It begins to contradict the exact word of God. If God says, do not fear, I will always be with you, then why am I constantly saying I'm afraid of being alone? It's a contradiction to the word of God. Now, is that fear real? It definitely has been in my life. I'm sure we could probably all identify with loneliness, right? Is that fair to say? I'm sure we probably all could identify with some sort, form of loneliness. But it's interesting if we're not careful how that builds into a stronghold that takes precedence over the word of God in our life, right? A thought. You may ask yourself, how did I get here? Have you ever asked yourself that? You get to this point in your life, whoa, I thought I could handle this. Sometimes we say in the, the beginning stages of a stronghold, those first thoughts, I can handle this. I got this. It's no big deal. It's small now. And then later on, we're like, whoa, how did I get here? Have you ever asked yourself that question? I've asked myself that question. Whoa, how did I get here? It started with a thought. And it turned into something bigger. I think about how our thoughts they turn into these moments where our imaginations run wild, right? 
God created us as creative people, right? You ever find yourself creating these crazy scenarios in your mind? Okay, I do that a lot, okay? I'm just, again, you're gonna, I'm gonna be transparent today. I'm gonna kind of talk about some of my weaknesses, okay? Because the reality is, like, we, even though we all have them, it's hard to talk about, okay? But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about mine today. I, I do this weird thing when I go to bed at night, if I'm not careful, and I don't start taking thoughts captive, that's when my thoughts start to go crazy, okay? Lay my head down on my pillow, and one thought comes in, right? If I don't take that thought captive, that thought turns into like this other thought. And I create these crazy scenarios with people. They're like people in my life too. Like people that I love, that care for me, that I know are always on my side. And then I'm like, yeah, but wonder if. Wonder if what, Brandon? What are you talking about? Like, and then it's like, you know, like if I, I stop myself in the middle of the thought, it's like two years later in this thought, you know. My life is over. And it started with one thought. And my imagination ran crazy. And you ever, like, I do this sometimes, like, you know what I'm talking about? I'm like, Whoa, what happened? Little, Get a hold of yourself, man. Okay, just me. It's weird. I don't do that. Yes, I do. But anyway. We do these things, and we're like, whoa, what is happening? Because a thought is a powerful thing. And a thought not taken captive can turn into a stronghold in our life. Genesis chapter 6, 5 through 6, if you want to go there with me. This is the first time we see the word thought in the Bible. Genesis chapter 6, we'll go and put it up on the screen for us. And it says, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's crazy to think about. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. This is right before the, the flood. Can you imagine that? Like, you think the world's bad right now. You think that there's evil things in the world. Can you imagine if every single person in the world, the only thoughts that they had were evil, and it was continual? That's crazy to think about. And it says that their intentions became evil. Why? Because we understand that our thoughts begin to move our body, right? Because our mind, our body, our soul, they're directly connected. It's a crazy thing that we see happen here. It's crazy. Imagine that. Imagine that. And it all started with a thought. Job chapter 4, 13 through 14, Job said, night thoughts, he had night thoughts that brought him such fear his bones shook. Right? Have you ever just been there at, at night, you, you go to bed, you, you're trying to go to bed, and there's your thoughts shake you. They take you to a point, you're like, something about those thoughts that just keep you up at night, right? You can't sleep, you can't think about anything else, your mind dwells on them constantly. In fact, 
you're afraid to go to bed because you understand what it's going to happen, right? Have you ever been there? Been there? I don't even want to. I know that when I get into my bed at night, if I lay down, if I'm not, I just don't want to deal with that tonight, right? I just don't want to deal with that. And then we get to this point where we start to self-medicate, right? One of the things I do to self-medicate in those moments, if I'm not careful, if I don't, if I don't turn to God, if I don't work at taking those thoughts captive, one of the things that I'll do to meditate is I, I go to like, like I, I'll start playing a video game, right? Like on my phone, I have these stupid little video games, right? That can totally consume your mind. Some of you are like, you play video games on your phone? Wow, I think really lowly of you. Okay, well that's cool. Um, right? But like we, or turn on a movie, watch some TV, self-medicate, right, with alcohol or drugs or, you know, work. Sometimes we self-medicate, we become workaholics, right? Because we're, we're delaying something, right? Trying to push down something, right? Pornography, right? Food, all kinds of different things. Gossip. We get addicted to talking about other people because it makes us feel better about ourselves. So all we end up doing is talking about other people because it makes me feel better about what I know I don't have all together. If I can talk about somebody else, if I can point the finger at somebody else, it makes me feel better about myself. We become addicted to these other things. You know, the interesting thing about self-medication that I found is we replace one problem with another problem, right? But then the other problem's still there, right? We replace one problem. Man, I'm struggling with this, struggling, struggling. I'm just going to self-medicate with something. I'm just going to, I'm going to start gossiping about somebody. Makes me feel better about myself, so call somebody, hey, start talking about somebody else. When you get off the phone, the problem's still there, right? And now, if you're not careful, because you start gossiping, you lose trust of all your friends, because they're going to begin to think that you talk about them with other people, right? So now you've created another problem. No one trusts you, so now you're losing friendships, but the other problem, it's still there, right? Let's just be real today, that's what happens. But self-medication is real. Like we all have different forms of self-medication, right? We do. Some of those things, though, in turn can become, there are some positive ways of medicating, right? And we'll talk more about that. Those are the ways, those are the things that we want to point to, Amen. Matthew 15, 18 through 19. Let's go ahead and throw that scripture up there. It says, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. So what comes out of our mouth comes from our heart. And this defiles a person, for out of the heart come evil thoughts. So the things that are coming out of our hearts are coming from our thoughts. Thoughts to heart out of mouth. Thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual morality, theft, false witness, Slander. That's crazy to think about. It's crazy to think about the power of a thought, right? 
the power of a thought. The power of a thought. I'm gonna I'm gonna share something today, and, and today I'm gonna be again. I, I told you I'd be transparent, and I'm gonna talk about something. I, I know that it's it's a, a really close thing to me, and I, I don't share this story to make everybody feel bad for me. Okay, everybody understand that, and I also don't mean it to make anybody else feel bad, but I understand that when we talk about the things that we've gone through in life, it, it, it truly can help us understand we're not alone, right, in our struggle. And what we do sometimes is we isolate. When we're going through something, we think that we're the only person. Because we're the only person, we can't talk about it. And since we can't talk about it, we can never bring it to light. If we can't bring it to light, then it will stay in darkness and it will not get better. So, um, a couple years ago, a, a lot of you know, a little over two years ago now, I guess, um, you know, my wife and I, we went through a miscarriage. And, you know, it was one of the hardest things that me personally that I've ever dealt with. It was a really traumatic um, moment in my life. And if any of you have been through something like that, you understand um, what that is like and the struggles that come with that. And I just remember going through, you know, that moment, and if I can just be really real, um, my thoughts constantly felt like they were completely out of my control. I just felt like I couldn't control them at all, like just out of nowhere. It felt like you just thoughts that come out of nowhere, and you're like, I can't even, I couldn't control that if I tried. Like, where did that come from? It was a really traumatic day, and it was so vivid, the memory, and I would find myself, you know, I would go to the store, I would get to the store in my car, and I would just freeze, and I would just, it was like a video, boom, and it would just start playing, and I couldn't hit stop. I just couldn't hit stop, and it would just play, and I knew it was coming because I had seen it already, and it just kept coming, and I tried to hit stop, and it just, I couldn't hit stop, and it was just over, and, over, and I would just find myself, I, I didn't want to go to bed because I knew that as soon as I laid down, like, it would just start playing again, playing again, and I just couldn't hit stop, and I, I just felt so out of control, right? I just felt so out of control. You, no one likes feeling that way, right? That's a scary feeling, right? Let's just be real. When you feel like your thoughts are out of control and you can't control them, that's a very scary thing. You begin to really begin to question more than just that, right? You begin to question, you know, where mentally am I okay? You start to question so many different things. And I just remember play. I couldn't hit stop. I couldn't hit stop. I was trying to hit stop. You ever try, you know, you know you're trying everything you can, but it's just not enough. Let's just be real today. When we talk about mental health, when we talk about mental illness, that's the thing. You know you're trying everything. I'm like, I'm trying everything I can, but I just, why is it not something that's just real? It's a struggle. You know, Again, I'm not standing up here and saying that my traumatic experience is bigger than yours. 
I know that there's people in this room that have much deeper and stronger traumatic experiences than I, all right? I'm just using this as an example, and, and I, I, my desire is to help point us in ways that we can move past and through these things and get healing, amen? You know, for me and my wife, Charity, you know, we, we begin to understand in a deeper level the power of our thoughts, right? And my wife was the person that I always talked to about stuff. My, I was the person that my wife always talked to about stuff. But we knew that we were both hurting so horribly, how could we go to the other to talk about it, right? It's one thing we ran into. We had incredible people in our life, which I'll talk about in a, a minute, that helped us. But also, we had to make a decision with each other to commit to something. And we had to commit ourselves to speaking life over ourselves all the time. Literally, every waking moment, we were speaking life. Remember one of our great friends, well, you all know her, Pastor Mercedes, um, while we were at the hospital, um, she came to our apartment, dropped off a bunch of stuff for us, and she wrote on index cards, scripture. There was like 50 of them. They were all over our apartment when we got back. And can I just be real? I ignored every one of them for the first week. I just didn't, I didn't want to. I didn't care. I'm just being real. But they were there, surrounding us. And our, the prayers of the people that loved us were surrounding us. And after a while, I was like, I just started reading them. Started reading them. And then I started reading them out loud. And then Charity and I, we just started praying them out loud together. Remember the first time we prayed together after that. Out loud and how powerful it was. And this release, I cannot even describe it to you. I don't know what it was, but there was this release because the word of God was being contradicted constantly by this thought pattern. And I had allowed that thought pattern to become the stronghold. And those thoughts that flooded my mind, like, you know, I, I'm, I would say to myself, I, I'll, I'll never recover from this. I never will. Charity will never recover from this. Our marriage will never recover from this. I'll never be able to be a good dad. I'll never be able to be a pastor again. I'll never be able to lead people again. I would, these are the kind of thoughts that would just, right? And they constantly were contradicting who God had made me to be. You, if you know me, you know that's not me. I'm a positive person, all right? That's who God's made me, all right? I'm not saying that to two my That is God inside of me. You're getting a glimpse into what the kind of person I would be if God wasn't a part of my life, all right? Did you hear me today? Because God, I did not let him be the center of my life, and it pushed me into so many negative thoughts. I just started speaking. Cherry and I started speaking. It was literally every second of the day, most of the time. Because if we didn't, the thoughts, the things that would happen, we just knew where it was going to go. We were like constantly. It was exhausting. 
But you know what we found? What was more exhausting is when the thought would hit play and I couldn't hit stop. That was more exhausting. So even though it was exhausting to speak the word of God and to speak scripture and constantly speak that and constantly speak promises, that our marriage will not just survive, it will thrive. That my life will not just go on, but it'll be better and better every day. That I will still be an effective leader. That my marriage is gonna be incredible. That I will continue to be a positive person that I will continue to be a leader, that I'll have incredible kids, that I'll be an incredible dad, because that's who God calls, has called me to be, and that my kids, they're gonna need me. My wife needs me. Our youth ministry, those students, they need me. You need me. I don't say that to say like, I'm special, I need you. Do you hear me? I need you. Charity and I, we needed you during that time. And we're so, feel so blessed to say that you were there for us, you know? We didn't need somebody to encourage us, we just needed prayer, and you all did. And we had people that would just like have groceries delivered to us. And we're like, what? It was those kind of things. It was scriptures on the wall. It was a text message that said, I'm thinking of you. That's what we need. That's what the people next to you need. That's what the people at your work need. That's what your family needs. And sometimes we overcomplicate, like, I just don't know what to say. You don't need to say anything. Did you know that? Like, like 98% of the time, just be there for them, strengthen them, and then you will find that God fills the rest, right? That the Holy Spirit does something supernatural through you that you yourself could never do. Because if we try to do it ourselves, we will, we will fail at times because we're human. God never fails. Did you hear me? The Holy Spirit never fails. That's why at the end of the day, we knew that we could speak the promises of God and we knew they would come to pass. We knew it. And it wasn't easy, but it, it began to pass. I'll never forget you know, God does peculiar things. You ever notice that? And he brings peculiar moments to encourage you. My neighbor at the time um, wasn't a believer, wasn't a Christian. He didn't go to church. And, uh, but I, had come, I, be, I become really close with him and, um, before our miscarriage and really good friends, and we talked a lot, and, you know, I was just reaching out to him. We had become really good friends, and he, for his job, um, he worked in the military, and he specifically, day in and day out, dealt with traumatic situations and helping people through them and what that all looked like. Professionally, that's what he did. And <laughs> I'll never forget, I went down 
uh, he's like, hey, I have dinner for you. And I, I went down there to grab it, and he's like, here, just come here, sit down for a second. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I don't really want to do anything right now. I don't want to. And I'll, I'll never forget. And he's like, hey, I don't know what you're going through, but I've been through it. And I know that you're a different person, but just know, like, if you need anybody to talk to, you can just talk to me. <sighs> I had never, ever experienced something quite like this before. Because I am a person that likes to fix other people's problems. It's one of my uh, shortcomings and can be my strength if I allow God to make it a strength. I'll never forget that moment. And I just, it just like, whoo, it was like he pressed a button and it was like, whoa, it came out. And I was saying things like, whoa, I can't get that back. Come back. You ever been there before? We're like, oh, no. And it all came out. I'll never forget and I told him how I just kept seeing it over and over again, that moment, and feeling helpless. I couldn't do anything about it. And I, I just, I will never forget, like, that moment. And he said to me, that's the trauma and the stress of that trauma talking, not you. And it's really interesting because, you know, he was speaking from a professional side of things, right? Um... But I'll never forget how oddly comforting that was. Because for me as a Christian, I have a relationship with God, it identified something. And it identified that it was the bad thing talking, and God just wasn't being allowed to be louder. It identified something else, that it was that thing, it wasn't me that was all messed up. I'm just being real. I felt like I couldn't control myself, so I was like, I was like spinning out of control. I didn't know. And he helped identify in that moment. And can I just say and help identify, you know, you, you are not defined by that. You, if you allow yourself to be, you're defined by God, which is so relieving. I was becoming a person and that identity of who I was was becoming this traumatic moment. That's what I was allowing to happen. And I remember when he said that, it's like he broke that chain. That's what it felt like. Now looking past and now looking at it, I know it was the Holy Spirit in that moment, using that moment. And, and my heart was open. My spirit was open. And that was the moment God was just like, and he just flooded into my life. And he cut that chain. And that was a start. The reason I bring that up is, is it's people in my life. You know, he was a person I didn't really expect that became a friend that, as the Bible says, was closer than a brother. I have a lot of those. Our senior pastors, they're incredible spiritual parents to me. They were there for Charity and I, like, you never even will know <laughs> how they were there for me. And some of our closest friends, all of you, you'll never know what it meant to lay in my bed knowing that hundreds of people were praying for me. <laughs> like, I'll never be able to explain that feeling because I did. I knew it. Even when I didn't understand anything else, I knew that. I knew it. And it changed the tides. Do you hear me today? 
And as much as I pray that for you, to have a person that you can call closer than a brother, closer than a sister, I pray that you would be that for someone else. It was, it changed my life. And there's been people in your life you could maybe say that about. And the reason I say it is, is how important it is for us to be that person to others. Amen? I'm going to give you, as we kind of close down, Leah, you can come on up front. I'm going to give you two thoughts on thoughts. It's clever, right? The first thing, we'll throw it up there. We, we get places in our thoughts before we ever do them in life. We get places in our thoughts before we ever do them in life. You ever heard, like, if you've ever played sports, you know, you know, your head goes where your body goes, keep your eye on the ball, right? If you're batting, like, I've never known somebody that was a really good batter, and the ball's coming this way, and they're like, that wouldn't work, right? You got to understand that your thoughts go places before you ever do them in life. So if you're like, hey, there's things in my life I don't like, then look at your thoughts, and you'll see a change. Number two, it's your mind. You can put it, your mind, wherever you want to put it, right? And to take that a little bit deeper in your life, if you truly give God all power in your life and you relinquish your mind to him, your mind becomes a property of a God that knows you better than you could even know yourself. And I want that. Amen? Speak of it. We see it. The mind of Christ. I would much rather have that. I don't know about you. I would much rather have that. You got to start identifying those moments. You know, for me, you know, it progressively, I don't know if you can necessarily say easier. Um, I'll refrain from certain words like that the process, but there are still moments in my life I can sense the tremors, if you will, of that thought coming back in. You know, if the thought was the earthquake, the tremors were coming, you know, that those, those little earthquakes coming in. And I would encourage you to identify those tremors, you know, when they come, oh, I know what that is. Does that make sense? I know what that is. And then you just start fighting it. You start taking it all captive, every thought captive. Nope, nope, nope. I know what that is. I know what that is. You start to learn to identify that enemy. You've got to learn how to identify. Sometimes that takes taking time when you're not in the moment to identify it. Does that make sense? When we're in the moment, it's really hard sometimes to see that clearly. So I would encourage you, take time outside, all right? Prepare, right? Prepare yourself. Get in the Word of God. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I need your revelation. I need your mind right now. I want you to reveal to me. Help me identify these moments. Identify the tremors. 
if I can do it, you can do it. I truly believe that. I really do. And the reason I can say that, it was never me to begin with. It was God. God did it. God did a supernatural miracle in my heart and in my life. He did. And I'm so thankful for it. I believe that he can do that for you. I know it sounds, you know, we can, we can say things like, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. It sounds easy. It's not easy, though, at first, right? But you have to believe something. I want you to say this with me. God wants me better. Come on, somebody. God wants me better. You got to believe. God wants me better. Come on, somebody. God wants me better. Somebody might just have to shout that thing out today. God wants me better. You know what? Sometimes we just don't believe that. We know it. We don't believe it. If you find yourself in that moment, just say it over and 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 over again. One day, it'll click. He does want me better. God does want you better. Matthew 6, 24 through 34. We're going to read this real quick because this is a, a powerful scripture. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Do not be anxious. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious. That word anxious, I I think it's interesting. It actually speaks of being anxious ahead of time. Interesting. The word in other translations says thoughts, but that word anxious there is anxious of things in the future. Don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? The answer is yes, you are of more value than birds. And and which of you, by being anxious, I love this, this (laughs) by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? It's God reminding us, like, what you going to do about it? Like, do you hold time in your hand? Did you create the universe? Every star that you see in the sky cannot even begin to start the amount that I have created. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? I love that. It says, O you of little faith. As As the writer speaks, he recognizes that you have little faith. But also why that's encouraging is if you just have a little faith, he can start something. Did you hear that today? I don't have enough. Just a little. I love it. Therefore, do not be anxious saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God. His righteousness in all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I love that. 
If you need a good scripture to stand on, there's a good one. Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Wait there means to gather yourself and everything you have before the Lord. Oof. I think about that in my own life. Is that how I wait before the Lord? What do you want, God? What do you need, God? Whatever it is, right here, everything I have before God. Because the devil is a liar. Come on, somebody. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, the devil is a liar. Come on, somebody. I'm all done. You can bow your heads. You can close your eyes today. Just as we close today, the next two minutes today, thoughts. I know there's a lot today. There's a lot of emotion today. My prayer for you this whole week has been this, that every single thing that sets itself up against you cannot and will not even be able to stand. I believe that. In fact, I know that. But today, you've got to. You've got to believe that. You've got to know that. It's your choice. I encourage you to take that. If you're in the room today, with every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, if you don't know Jesus and you want to know God, you're like, man, you guys talk about God different than the way that I thought he was. I didn't know he loves me, that he cares for me, that he wants me to be better. If that's the kind of God that you want, and you're like, hey, I want a relationship with him. If that's you today, you just lift up your hand. I'm not going to make you do anything today other than just lift your hand and just say a prayer with me today. Not up front, but where you're at in your seat. But if that's you today and you would like to have a relationship with God, can you just lift your hand and say, that's me today? Anybody in the room today? Anybody at all? See that hand? Awesome. Anybody else today? So I encourage you today, if you're in the room of your believer, say this prayer. But if you raise your hand, say this prayer. And if you believe it in your heart, so it will be. Say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I need you. I've messed up. I've done life by myself. But today, I make you the number one thing, the top the biggest priority. I pray that today you would help me focus on you, that my thoughts would be on you. And as my thoughts are on you, I believe that I will get better because I believe that you want me better. You agree with that saying, man. Can we make a bunch of noise for some people today that gave their life to Jesus? Come on, somebody. Amen. Two things before we close, and our pastor's going to come up, but we've got these incredible booklets for you. If you didn't get one last week, please take one this week. Our ushers will have them at the door. These are chock full of great information on dealing with mental health. It's great for you. It has... Um, 
like a Spotify playlist to put on some music that will encourage you, scriptures. There's a hotlines on here of numbers you can call if you're dealing with things. Great resource, but also it's a great resource to help you empower somebody else. Amen. I'm also going to put up a book up here that I love. I've read it multiple times. It's called The 4-8 Principle. Um, it's a great book from a Christian perspective. He's a counselor, and he's got great, great stuff about what we talked about today. When we talk about thought patterns, taking thoughts captive, how does that look like? He gives you practical tips literally every chapter. Chapters are short, three to four pages. Hey, all right? And, and there's practical things after every chapter to help you. If you want to take this to the next level, I would encourage you to get this book. It's a great book. But that's all I have today. Thank you again for joining us. Pastor Jim, would you come on up? He's going to receive a special offering today. I'll let him explain what he's going to do. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We always want to encourage those of you who have a story of how God is working in your life through this ministry to send us an email to amen at libertyofomaha.com. For more information on Liberty Church, visit libertyofomaha.com. Thanks for joining us and have a credible week.